You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. We've been over this a lot over the last few weeks, how bad things have been, how bad how bad is the economy? It, answer, not as bad as you think. How bad is the job situation? Uh, answer is actually better than you think. Uh, how bad is how bad have stocks done? How bad have bonds done? Answer that obviously uh, pretty darn poorly, no matter how you slice the data. But the question I get asked a lot is things have been so bad or things are bad. What should we do about it? And to answer that question, you have to look forward. Investors and markets are always forward-looking, and so we need to look forward to see what's going on. So how do we look forward? Well, when we're in the middle of the year, our answer to that question is the mid-year outlook. And so that's what this podcast episode is going to be about. Uh, I will put in the show notes the link to our presentation that's about a half hour. We go through the mid-year outlook slide deck. It's going to be a little bit more detailed For a couple of reasons, it's longer. We can talk about it some more, and there's some slides to go through that you can see. So I'll link to the YouTube page uh, just in the show notes, and you can take a look there. We're going to kind of do the executive summary today because these podcast episodes go 10, 15 minutes, uh, and so I don't want to burn all of your time. If you want a little bit more uh, detail, we'll go over uh, everything in more detail in the video. But today we're covering essentially five, the five parts of the outlook, which is the economy, inflation, stocks, bonds, policy, five. Uh, And so those are the five kind of real critical parts of the outlook that we want to look at. And the the theme of the outlook is um, turbulence or managing turbulence, the market turbulence that we've had, where you've had to buckle up. Uh, because it's been a rough ride. Doesn't mean we're not getting to our destination. I'm going to beat this analogy to death, by the way, over the po- course of this uh, next 10 minutes or so. Uh, so let, let's talk about the mid-year outlook because markets rarely give us clear skies and there are always threats to watch for on the horizon. But if we have the right preparation, context, and support, if you're working with an advisor, you can navigate through almost anything that lies ahead. And so far, This year hasn't been a full-blown crisis like 2008 and 9 or 2020 or even the tech wreck of uh, the early 2000s, but the ride has been bumpy without a doubt. Now, we're not flying into a storm necessarily, but there's been plenty of turbulence in the first half of 2020 and how businesses and households and central banks steer through the rough air is really going to set the tone for markets over the second half of 2022. And the sources of turbulence are pretty clear here. We've got a global economy that was already vulnerable to inflation from supply chain disruptions and tight labor markets and too much stimulus from COVID and loose monetary policy. And it came under more pressure when Russian aggression in Ukraine added sharply rising commodity prices and pushed Europe into what may be the brink of a recession there. The effects have included renewed pressure on interest rates, which hurt bond investors and have contributed to tightening financial conditions and a much more aggressive stance by the Federal Reserve, the Fed, <clears throat> and other central global, uh, other, other global central banks also. 
So you add in typical market challenges of a midterm election year, those seasonal challenges that we get, and the third year of a bull market, which is also usually weaker. And it's not surprising we've had a bumpy ride. It's a, a bumpy ride was almost expected at this point. And then the problem was exacerbated by some of these geopolitical forces. Now, understandably, rising rates, slowing economic growth, and a challenging first half for both stocks and bonds have investors on edge. Almost everybody. I don't know. I don't know if anybody's feeling good right now. And then you add on top of that the fatigue for more than two years of COVID 19 measures. That doesn't make life any easier. And as I mentioned, people are still catching COVID with these variants despite vaccinations and so on and so forth. Uh, I, me and my family being included in that list of people still catching COVID, unfortunately. But markets are always forward looking, as I mentioned at the at the start of this. So we have to remain focused on what is in front of us and not what has gone on behind us. And so there's there's certainly going to be challenges ahead, but there are also going to be some tailwinds as we go forward from a strong job market, businesses that are still resilient, and the likelihood that inflation is finally going to start to roll over and slow down. Markets historically can even get a little lift from lower uncertainty around elections as the midterms approach and then are passed right? When we have an answer to the midterm election question of who's going to be in Congress and in charge. Now, we're, we're not going to avoid turbulence. Even in good markets, we'll never avoid turbulence. But we can't let it deter us from making progress towards our financial goals and our retirement goals. And I mentioned uh, that we have, I posted the video to the Mid-Year Outlook 2022, the Navigating Turbulence uh, slide deck and video that we put together. And that's designed to help you assess the conditions over the second half of the year and help you understand. And this, vi- this, this recording is meant to help you understand the challenges that still might lie ahead. And then using that information, you can decide on what is going to be the smoothest path for helping you make progress towards your destination. And I will add, if you're doing it on your own, it may not hurt to get a cu- have a cup of coffee with a financial advisor and seek a second opinion. Um, you know, you you may decide to continue doing things on your own, but there are experts also that are out there to help you. And when when times are turbulent, the surest path towards progress remains sound financial advice from professionals who've done this once or twice. So if you if you don't have a financial advisor, I'd urge you to give Ford Financial Group a call. You can call me directly, email us info at Ford FG, and we can help you out. So let's dig in with these five five items: economy, inflation, stocks, bonds policy. First one is the economy and and LPL research. And I think we tend to believe that the economy will continue to grow this year. There's no doubt it's going to be slower than anyone expected six months ago. Other than the anomaly that we had of a negative print in the first quarter GDP, and that was because we're buying so feverishly, there are lots of imports that kind of fouled up the numbers. Uh, LPL research actually thinks that the economy has sufficient momentum to offset the inflationary pressures going forward. So their base case forecast actually includes an inflation rate that moderates as supply bottlenecks improve and we potentially get some closure to the Russian war with Ukraine, which would be fantastic. Their most most likely scenario is the economy avoids an official recession. Yes, no recession, according to LPL research. And growth, they expect growth to notch just above 2% this year, and then will actually downshift and slow down next year to growth 
of 2%. Now, <clears throat> I, I, I've said this before. Mir Pandit with the JP Morgan uh, Guide to Markets team has said, even if you're, even if you move from a boil to a simmer, you're still cooking. And I think this falls under the, under that uh, notion where if we barely above 2% this year and just below 2% next year, growth is growth and progress is progress. Now, these are annual figures. So intra-year economic activity could be, could still be pretty volatile as the Fed continues to be more aggressive on the tightening cycle. And so it's conceivable, I suppose, that if we downshift to under 2% for 2023, um, that could include recession in there, even though LPL research doesn't think that's going to be the case. So slow growth, slow growth. Now, when we talk, when you hear things like stagflation, you're talking about stagnant growth or slow growth plus inflation. So let's get to number two. And that's inflation. And inflation, according to LPL research, is most likely going to be remain significantly above the Fed's long-run target of 2%. Now, inflation rates are probably going to cool throughout this year. I frankly think inflation's rolling over as we speak. We're just not going to get the data on that until after the fact, right? Because economic data is backward-looking. Here in July, we get inflation data from June, and in August, we'll get it from July and September from August and so on. So things will slow down before we find out that they're slowing down. Um, and I, I tend to agree with LPL on the point that the cool down period for inflation is going to be long and slow. The, the, the landing process from this is going to be, it's going to take a while. And so some inflation pressures should subside as China adjusts its COVID-19 policy, meaning not locking everything down all the time, and supply chains continue to improve, uh, a slowing housing market could also eventually ease inflationary pressures later this year and into 2023. We're also already seeing oil prices start to come down, and that's going to eventually trickle down and trickle its way into the pumps so it doesn't cost you a million dollars in a, uh, having to take out a personal loan to fill up your tank. Let's move on to stocks, which is the third item here. <clears throat> stocks are really going to face a number of headwinds in the second half of the year. But the amount of turbulence is really going to depend on the pace at which inflation falls. We are in limbo right now, right? We haven't had that big sell-off, but markets haven't stabilized, and inflation is going to be the thing that dictates all of this. Uh, volatility might persist, but an improved macroeconomic environment could actually set the stage for higher valuations further earnings growth, and actually solid gains for stocks over the rest of the year. Are we going to recoup everything and get back to where we were at the all-time highs this year? If you ask me, I say no. That doesn't mean we can't chop deeply into some of these losses and get close to break even. Something similar went on in 2018 when there was interest rates were going up, stock market shed a bunch, and then as we got into the end of the year, tremendous Santa Claus rally got us back there. That kind of same scenario can go on, and we still have six months to go before the year is out. So there's still plenty of time to rebound. The challenge comes from predicting how fast inflation is going to come down. And LPL's year-end fair value target for the S&P 500 is 4,300 to 4,400, uh, just based on the price-to-earnings ratio of 18 and 19 times, and their 2023 S&P 500 earnings share per share forecast of $235 a share. So if we're talking uh, 4,300 to 4,400 on the S and P, uh, just for some context right now, you know we, we're in the the middle, uh, the week after Fourth of July. Um, S and P 500 closed. You know it's the 12th today. S and P 500 closed at a little bit north of 3,800. Um, so that is 
you know, 4,300 from here is pretty solid. That's actually a pretty nice rebound uh, if these estimates actually hold, hold, hold true. Let's move on to bonds quickly, uh, and then we'll wrap up with policy at the end. When I say policy, I'm talking about midterm election stuff. So for bonds, the value, the real value proposition for bonds is that they tend to provide liquidity, diversification, and positive total returns for portfolios. Now, they're still in investments, right? So none of those things that we rely on bonds for happen 100% all of the time with certainty. Like any kind of investment, any kind of market, fixed income investing has a risk and at times negative returns. It happens. Now, despite the historically poor start to the year, the reason for holding bonds, the value proposition for core bonds has actually improved recently. With the big jump in yields that's already taken place this year, it actually means that core bonds pr- look pretty good um, and better than probably they have in quite some time. Now, as as rate hikes work their way through the economy and slower growth starts to get priced in, we could see the 10-year treasury in the year between two and three quarters percent and three and a quarter percent. So, um, you know, we could have a little bit more difficult time for bonds here in the shorter term, but you know, as where we sit now, the prospects for bonds in the intermediate and long term are much better than they were even just a couple of years ago. Let's wrap this up with policy because we we will have separate podcast episodes on the midterm election and, you know, what different election outcomes could possibly mean for stocks. I will just, I'll spoil it right now and tell you it matters a whole lot less of who gets elected and a lot more that the election is done. Um, but one of the things we knew coming into this year was that 2022 was a midterm election year. And just historically, those haven't been kind to stocks. In fact, since 1950, midterm years have seen the largest peak to trough, top to bottom, pullback of the four years of the presidential cycle. Midterm election years are the worst. And with the S&P 500 index down 17.1% on average during the year in that pull down, this year is kind of following the trend. Now, the good news is that one year off of those lows, stocks have been up more than 32% on average. I think the most important part here, and I'm burying the lead 14 minutes or 15 minutes in this podcast, is that the S&P has been higher every year after a midterm election since 1950. 18 out of 18 years. How often do you get statistics like that over that large of a sample period? And the average gain in one year, one year after the midterm election is a very solid 14.5%. And I will tell you, the same is true of Republicans and Democrats winning the election. So again, it doesn't, it doesn't matter so much uh, with, with who's on top of it. It's so much it's as, as having the midterm election question decided. And it looks like a a divided government is in the cards here, which historically markets actually like. I think as citizens, the gridlock drives us crazy. But for investors, you don't have unintended consequences from having big sweeping policies get passed from sweeping to the left or to the right for that matter. So uh, small incremental change, easier for investors to digest. Let's roll quickly. I know I went through the five things that I mentioned, but there are a couple things that I can touch on real quick. Alternative investments, commodities, and currencies. You know, losses across both stock and bond markets in 2022 have really left some searching for other way to diversify exposures. And so while alternatives cover a wide range of approaches, it's really a kind of a vague definition. 
some have helped fill the gap, and they'll probably continue to do so this year. So um, our preferred alternative implementations are event-driven strategies, market-neutral strategies, and pretty conservative low-volatility strategies. They have the ability to act as a source of ballast during high periods of volatility. I would describe it as having kind of stocks in the portfolio or a stock, like a fund, if you have a, like a, a market-neutral fund, those kinds of strategies have a, a risk profile that looks a lot like bonds, even though they're stocks, and it doesn't come with the kind of interest rate problems and interest rate headache that's been coming from for bonds lately. If we look at commodities, commodities have garnered support from both supply and demand, and I think upward pressure on prices are probably going to persist for at least the next few months. Really, demand's actually got a, gotten a lift as the global economy has emerged from the pandemic. But sanctions on Russian energy exports have kept oil and gas prices, well, you don't need me to tell you. You can just go fill up your tank. Uh, Ukraine is an important global supplier of agricultural commodities like corn and wheat, and that actually has put upward pressure on food prices as well. So from an investment perspective, energy is probably not a bad place to be despite the recent performance uh, that we've seen here. And then finally, currencies as we enter the second half of 2022, uh, the factors that led to a sharp and nearly uninterrupted ascent for the U.S. dollar uh, like a hawkish Fed and demand for safe havens, that's going to finally reverse. So in the intermediate term, easing inflation from unsnarling supply chains uh, post-COVID, along with China's reopening, might actually help push the dollar a little bit lower from where it is right now. So we have covered a lot of ground. Again, I'll say you you can look in the show notes. I'll link to the video. That's a little bit longer than this, but it comes with some video, some um, some visuals as well. Uh, if you would like a copy of the midterm outlook, I would be more than happy to send it to you. You can email us at info at fordfg.com. The, the full mid-year outlook is about 20 pages. Um, goes into a little bit more detail here. Um, than what I have on the podcast and we do on the video. So really, it just depends on the level of detail that you want to get into. And we're happy to provide whatever, however deep you want to go, however deep of a dive you want to go on this. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you for listening. I look forward to talking to you in the next one. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.